Hi guys, I'm Hannah and I'm Ads and welcome, welcome to, to Going, Going Off Track. Join us on this podcast where we help you sports people tackle and overcome taboo social issues within sport. Come off track with us as we help you get back on track. Enjoy the episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to going off track it's our favorite day it's wednesday and it's podcast day we hope you're all doing really well it's also international play tennis day very topical for the sports podcast it's also international curling is cool day was it ever not cool though <laughs> so true um we have a really exciting episode for you today we're in the studio with emma bolton she is a netball player turned cheerleader and she was in the most recent fight night where she won her fight so say hello to emma the lightning bolton hi emma hi guys <laughs> uh, so excited to be on here today like thank you so much for inviting me on thank you for coming um i'm a second year sports management student and um we've recently got like a new competition coming up for cheer so um just been busy with that cool amazing yeah you've been training like every day this week yeah literally (laughs) like i don't think i've left the gym yeah Yeah. you had a showcase this weekend didn't you how did that go (laughs) yeah we had so much fun like it was so good to see all the other teams as well so Mm -hmm. like there's four teams within cheer um and obviously we don't really get to see the other team's routines so it was yeah. kind of nice to just sit back after i was done and then just watch everyone else perform. Yeah. so no so was it just loughborough teams or did you have people from other unis come so for this showcase it was just loughborough teams nice. and then we had some belly dancers and some hip-hop dancers <gasps> come in awesome. as well and then um next weekend we have our competition Nice. Um, which will be against like all the different universities across the whole of the UK, oh, which I'm really looking forward that? to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait. It's my first actual cheer comp. So I used to do different t- style of dance. And mm-hmm. then coming to Loughborough, they didn't do my, well, I do freestyle disco dancing. <gasps> so they don't do that here. And then I was like, it's quite similar to cheer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I joined cheer last year in development. And then this year got into their competition team. So wow, that's awesome. incredible. Could I just ask, is freestyle disco dancing like club dancing but professional? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, it's it's choreographed even though mm. it is freestyle but it's to like D&B music and you so like cool. run around the floor like dancing which is like it's really like <laughs> when you say it to people they're like what on earth is that? But it is such a fun like type of dance because you're not just like performing on stage it's Mm -hmm. like you get um removed from rounds and then you like have to keep going and like you have to every time there's a new round you like people get cut so you have like semis finals that sort of thing so it's pretty cool um i do miss it quite a bit to be fair i love finding out about niche sports (laughs) (laughs) like curling is cool it's all just so topical Yeah. yeah so emma um tell us a little bit more about yourself like what you're doing at uni hobbies maybe societies yeah so um like I said I was on sports management so I like really enjoy um like all sports mainly like sporting events live um Mm -hmm. media and that sort of thing so I'm doing um the men's rugby media this year so that's been like a brand new experience and then last year I did all of the events for like Loughborough Lightning Mm -hmm. um and came on to the AU events exec this year so I'm now organizing AU Ball and Lip Sync um, which is like is quite so a big exciting. job, but it's um, fun. And then um, 
cheerleading is like mainly taking up most of my time yeah. with sport <laughs> and um but then I do like I've just started trying out hot pod yoga at the moment. <gasps> no and, uh, way! Yeah. Oh yeah, my god! That. Sorry, so excited. <laughs> I, so my New Year's resolution this year was to do yoga every day, and I've been doing pretty well so far. I have missed a couple of days. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> but generally, I've been doing yoga every day. I'm obsessed with yoga. That is so exciting. Yeah. It's so good though as well because it's so cold outside. I'm literally like I don't want to leave my bed. <laughs> And then I'm like, but I'm going into 37 degree heat. Yeah, so like, I'm literally yeah. doing yoga on holiday in Loughborough, which is kind of like, oh my gosh, I, I want to come try that out sometime. They literally have like a, uh, I think it's like 15 pound for 10 days unlimited at the moment. So that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm getting very zen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then. Incredible. Other than that, I'm not really, <laughs> not really doing much I else. think that's like you're like doing enough. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty enough to fill your time. Um, so obviously you're a cheerleader now. You were a netballer when you came to uni. Could you tell us a bit about your sporting career, how it started, how you got to be where you are now? Yeah, so, I mean, I was such one of those kids that was just, like, always wanting to do something very energetic, like, always out and about. Um, So my parents kind of got me into, like, as many different sports as possible. Um, So from, like, an early age, I was in, like, gymnastics, athletics, Mm -hmm. football, cricket, um, all all of the different sports. very close to our hearts. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like, literally. And then... Um, we had like an actual coach um, at primary school. So they came in every single week and did like all of our PE sessions. So it was very like sport heavy from like such a young age because obviously it wasn't just like a teacher being like, right, we're going to do PE now. Um, And it was very engaging. And then throughout secondary school, um, I got introduced to netball um, through like one of my teachers who like absolutely loved the sport. Um, I just fell in love with like how technical it was and like the opportunities that you could like you think about things differently um, and like played then from like county um, club and then I got the opportunity to be part of an academy um, within my like six well it's like a it's like five schools put together mm-hmm. um, and they do like an academy team across all of them so I was in that from like year nine. And then I stayed on at sixth form and got put forward for England colleges. So played. Oh, That's incredible. Yeah, so I played for England colleges for a year. We went to, like, Belfast. We went to um, play against, like, Wales um, under, like, 21s, that sort of thing. Um, We played against all the English universities, netball teams. And, like, it was just a fantastic experience. Yeah. It's been the best, like, netball that, like, I've played. Yeah. Um, And then, like... I play at club as well at back home, um, which is coached by like the England, like te- ex technical analysis coach. So she gives me like a lot of insight into obviously how the game of netball should yeah. look and like <laughs> how she would expect like to see it on an international level, which has like been really helpful because I like get engaged by mm. like the technical side of the game rather than just running around like yeah. headless chicken chasing the ball. Yeah, <laughs> which, also which is, sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is fun. But um, yeah, so and then come to uni and I played last year in netball. Um, like I enjoyed like the playing the games and everything like that, but mm. obviously I have a lot going on outside of it. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of like I did cheer. And, you know, and your heart's just not, like, in something anymore. So I was just kind of like, I'll take a step back from netball this year um, and just focus on myself. Like, mentally, I was just not in the headspace to be, like, 
I want to be there every single like week doing like mm-hmm. a game, fitness, training. Yeah. And um, yeah, so then got into the competition team for cheer, which was my plan originally. And I haven't really missed like game day on a Wednesday because I've been doing the rugby and like the boys have been great and we've just like had like a really nice time. Like, yeah, it's just been like great fun and I'm like really enjoying it. So going on to stay on doing next year. Incredible. Awesome stuff. Mrs. That's... International over here. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Can't she do? <laughs> That's so incredible. It's cool that like you say, obviously game day on a Wednesday such a big deal at uni but actually with athletics we don't get game day on a Wednesday mm-hmm. either but it's nice to like be able to watch and just yeah. enjoy it yeah. like without the pressure uh-huh. <laughs> I think like it's such a massive thing because obviously it's like winning Wednesdays and Loughborough like obviously normally are like winning most weeks <laughs> which is like a <laughs> good <laughs> thing because like last year like as a fresher I like enjoyed like obviously going out after a big win because like that's what you're like experienced yeah. about but obviously like with cheer we've been building up for it for like ages and I presume you do the same with athletics mm-hmm. like you build up to your season and yeah. then you mm-hmm. like have your time to shine which I kind of also it's different but it also gives you the same kind of buzz and I think like there's a bit more behind it because yeah. you've actually like taken time to prepare yourself for it and it's like that one big moment yeah, yeah completely to just be like look at me yeah, for sure <laughs> especially with cheer I, I love I'm obsessed with like the cheerleading outfits like you always just look so cool and sparkly and I'm like how cool yeah I literally got mine the other day and I'm not literally taking it off since (laughs) (laughs) I'm like strutting around the house in it the boys are like Emma come on (laughs) what are you doing I would walk down the street in it yeah fully do my weekly shop in my chair (laughs) I I might have to start doing that So we are going to talk today about a topic that Emma actually came to us to, you know, bring up because it's something that doesn't get talked enough about in sport. None of us think Um, it's about toxic cultures within sport. And I think specifically at uni, um, when you you become more independent, you move into sport, you're fending for yourself. You suddenly realise maybe the toxicity that sport breeds, which makes it less enjoyable. It doesn't get talked about enough, so we wanted to talk about it today uh, and also help any listeners who might be experiencing kind of toxic culture within their sport combat it and hopefully overcome it, uh, take away that stigma. Yeah, and toxic, the, wor- the, ne- the word toxic is quite a Gen Z kind of up-to-date modern term, and I wouldn't say it has a black and white definition. So what would you say links to the word toxicity? What would you think? I think toxicity is quite a broad thing. Like, it comes in many different forms. But I think the main thing with toxicity is, like, being made to feel uncomfortable in a situation that actually, like, doesn't feel right. Because, like, you should enjoy playing sport at any level across the whole thing. And I think there's a lot of it in the background that you don't actually see Mm -hmm. that, like, is relevant to every part of actually playing sport itself. Um, Like, that culture of, like, um, going out on a Wednesday night, like, if you're not out and you don't want to, like, go out drinking and stuff, like, you kind of feel a bit separated. Mm -hmm. And that is toxic. Like, it doesn't necessarily look like that. And I think it's, like, like today we're going to go around and, like, identify, like, some of the different areas in, like, which it does present itself in sport. But I just think toxic is such a massive 
like toxicity is such a massive thing in sport and it happens in like so many different variations um yeah yeah mm-hmm. no i i'm sure fully agree with what you said about like being made to feel uncomfortable in any aspect or area of that sport like sport goes beyond yeah. the pitch goes beyond the track you know and it's about like the culture that's bred within your team and Definitely. the relationships you have with your coaches and your teammates and if you don't feel if you don't feel happy and comfortable if you don't want to turn up to training every week if you don't want to go to those socials and spend time with your teammates why is that because yeah. that's not how it should be and i think because sport is one of those things that you build the best friendships from like you do because you're so close with the people that you spend the time with that like, you're with them all the time mm. and i think it like there's a very clear cliquey bit or there's very clear like when it doesn't feel right you're like this shouldn't be how it is yeah. but i just think it's very like under the radar because it's sometimes quite like little bits consistently no it's beneath the surface it's invisible yeah. like you say it's really hard to actually pinpoint different examples of it but yeah it is like seen immersed around it but it's quite hidden yeah because i also i think like you go to watch sports games i went to watch a hockey game the other day and the coach was on the sideline just screaming at his players. He was like, what are you doing? And I think it's almost normalised. Like, oh, yeah, you can just shout at your players and tell Mm -hmm. them that they're, like, awful at what they're doing and stuff. That's just how you get good results. Results. That's how Mm. you coach a team. Mm -hmm. But actually... That's not always the case. And I think sometimes that does work. Like for me, for example, like I like it when a coach is very blunt and direct. Like I I really enjoy that when they when I'm doing something wrong, they tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong and they tell me exactly how to work on it. And I will like if in a game that I'm not doing something right, I'd rather be told then and there. But there's I think there's a way of doing it without stripping my confidence away. Yeah. And I think like last like last season like that was something that like confidence is just out the window and with sport you can't play your best or like you can't do your best perform your best without that level of confidence Mm. and it Mm -hmm. like comes across sometimes a bit egotistical (laughs) and everyone's like I don't know why you think you're so much better than everyone else and I think it's about getting that in moderation because you don't actually think you're better than everyone else but you need that sometimes Mm -hmm. in order to be able to perform your best I mean we say all the time sport is a mental game if your head's in the right place your performance will be in the right place and also you want to have you want to be able to have the confidence to make mistakes to try new things to be in a space where you're comfortable to just try things see how it goes and that's where the like growth comes from within sport so i think you're right um we were having this discussion a little bit before the podcast you see it at all ages you were talking a little bit about primary school and how you felt like even in primary school there was little things that were happening that didn't feel quite right. Can you, like, elaborate on that a little bit? And I think, like, part of it was due to, like, obviously I said we had an external company come in. The boys that were within that were like, we want to play football with the boys because we're a lad and, like, it's our thing. And, like, obviously football for girls wasn't, like, a massive thing back then. Um, And, like, it's grown massively and, like, fair play to like the women's lionesses like they've done incredible for that like for the sport of women's football Mm. but like back in primary school I'd go up to the boys and be like oh guys like I'd love to join in and they're like no you can't because you're a girl and girls don't play football and like it's like little things like that and I think it's about education yeah and it's like now that people are seeing it normalized like I reckon like 
I mean, I was going to say, I'd reckon I'd be playing international football by now. I wouldn't be. I'm <laughs> awful at football. But it's you like... You never know, though. I mean, yeah, true. But it's like that there's opportunities there for like so many young girls to get involved but it's like they feel like they can't because it's like they'll they'll feel bad about it when they they get mm. told away like no like we're playing with the lads like it's and like other girls that don't want to do it so it's kind of like I don't want to step out of the the normal yeah. and just go for it because I'm scared of what's going to happen and how people are going to perceive me <clears throat> yeah i also like remember being in primary school similarly wanting to i think well because we're all because we're all sporty and we yeah. love sport you want to from a young age like you say you've got tons of energy you want to get involved you don't want to sit and make daisy chains in the playground no fully or handstand <laughs> against the fence yeah. and like um, <laughs> sit and chat like i remember even when i got to play football with the boys sometimes they'd be like oh like, don't tackle her. Don't pass to her. She's a girl. Yeah. It's, like, intrinsically ingrained in these, like, five-year-old kids. And I think it does it, it does stem from coaching and, like, the sep- the massive separation of boys and girls and what they can and can't do. And I think primary school is, like, an excellent time for boys and girls to play sport together. Because as soon as you get to secondary school, it's, like, split anyway. Mm. And, like, that is such a, an environment to foster that actually girls and boys are equal within sport like yeah okay at that age we're not like any physically different we're all pretty much like most of the boys I was taller than because they hadn't hit puberty (laughs) yet (laughs) so it's like that that age like is though the most important part to like educate everyone that actually Mm. like we can all play together and we like it's a friendly environment and sport is fun and enjoyable and it's more enjoyable if you play it together and it's inclusive yeah yeah a hundred percent i also remember in in secondary school actually rp lessons were split into boys and girls which i do get because obviously you know i probably wouldn't want to rugby tackle a six (laughs) but one of our like terms or we did a couple of weeks where the boys played water polo and the girls did water aerobics and i was like why can't the girls play water polo like i don't know it was it's like that separation kind of carries on all yeah. the way through and and i think as well when with sport and be like it saying it in a toxic environment like girls tend to be a bit more clicky at secondary school as you were you're talking about this about this a bit like the jealousy and like the constant competition between girls it seems in sport that's there's room for everyone to be good. There's not room for one person, you know? So it's sad that we see that happen and it's such a kind of common experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you've talked a little bit about how you played netball and like how you've played it throughout the years. Um, but then you stopped at the end of last year. Uh, and if you're comfortable with kind of sharing about your experience with a netball, maybe with with toxicity within the team yeah um and how that looked for you I think like when I started playing netball it was definitely a lot for like fun like I just enjoyed the sport um and I well I forgot to mention like earlier I played for like Wasps Academy I think in that environment it's very like comparative like netball is a team sport but actually there's a lot of clickiness mm-hmm. in like who your coaches are and who you know and like who you've played with previously. So like from an early age, I've been in a club that was a very like caring, fostering environment. And I tried like 
loads of different clubs when I was originally trying to get into netball and the vibe was just not nice. It yeah. was just like very hostile as a new person coming in and just didn't really feel like appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first coach, I'm going to name drop because I love her. <laughs> She's called Diane Barber. Mm-hmm. And she like helped me go from like someone who'd never really touched a netball before into like someone who like genuinely could play like a really strong defensive game and the team environment was actually like so nice at that club um and there are clubs out there that are genuinely all about fostering such an amazing group of players Mm. um and there was other clubs in those under 16 under 19s league that were like making people train with um oxygen masks on to like reduce their level of oxygen at like literally 15 years old and they train with like weight vests on and like um they'd be shouted at and screamed at every session and like they never like when we play them at under 16 sometimes we'd we'd see them obviously every single week they'd be beating teams like 102 and they still get shouted at in the changing rooms afterwards by their coaches because they let two goals in. Yeah. Which in netball is literally impossible to stop every single goal anyway. <laughs> yeah. You get given 50% of the possession to start with. Yeah. So it's like you can't actually win every single turnover, which yeah. is just in, like crazy to think about. And it's like that comparative of like, okay, we didn't necessarily win every single game, but actually our team was a lot better and a lot stronger than the girls that just had it drilled into them that they have to do everything, every single thing a set way. Yeah. And then because those coaches were the coaches for like the academies and the hubs and stuff like that, you know, I've been literally singled out in a session like, why are you here? Like, I haven't invited you back. And I'm like, oh, well, there's no communication. Awful. And it's that's like in front, in front of like 30 yeah. girls. And it's like as a 16-year-old girl, being singled out in an environment mm-hmm. like that is so um, like almost confidence knocking. And then yeah. the whole session, you're just like, I'm rubbish. Like, I'm yeah. not going to do well here. Like, I've got no opportunity. Yeah. And then obviously that club that I was at start with um, finishes when you're like 16, 17, yeah. because they're like only a junior club. Mm-hmm. And then moved to an adult club, which is the feeder. Mm. And then uh, England Colleges. That was really friendly. I can't yeah. lie. Like, that was so... It was It was hard to start with because I always find it really difficult when meeting new people and trying to form that team yeah. connection because you never know where you stand. There were some girls on that team that, like, were very open and very welcoming. But then there was also that whole... Because I sat between the two teams. So I started the season off in their, like, second squad. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the season moved into their A squad. And that transition was really difficult because obviously you only see these girls every so often and they're like, why are you now moving on? Why are you now doing this? Like, yeah. And it then became a bit more of a hostile. I think that's sometimes why the toxic like, starts because girls don't understand why certain things happen. Yeah, I think there's a thing that happens in a lot of sports. Like coaches will do things and make decisions, move people around yeah. teams but they won't necessarily communicate that to the to the rest of the team. Like, it's kind of like the, the divide between the coach and the rest of the athletes that then leaves you, like, the poor middleman, like, in this example. Like, the girls are confused what's happening. You're, you, you don't really know. You've just yeah. been told to do something. And it leaves you with a little bit of, like, imposter syndrome, not quite feeling like you fit anywhere. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's like, then 
it's because of that not understanding that they're like they let it all out on you and it's like it's not my fault like I've not <laughs> done any of this yeah um and then coming to uni obviously I'd, I'd come out of the pathways because I was like I want to focus on my A-levels like I want to come to Loughborough um and like I need to get my A-levels in order to get here um mm-hmm. and I was like I'm playing at a good enough standard in club and then coming to uni like being not coached by that coach anymore mm-hmm. and having a student coach it was just kind of like really uncomparable coming in from a student being then coached by them and like I understand that I wasn't in the pathway so I wasn't going to make like the highest teams at Loughborough because they literally all international or they're all playing for lightning and when I joined I was like okay I'm going to show myself I'm going to prove that like I want to be moving up teams like I'm going to get to a point where like I enjoy like the solid netball that we are playing mm-hmm. um and I don't know I just think I just either was not on the radar or I because I was so ill in first year like <sighs> I was so ill and with freshers flu and like mm-hmm. finding your feet like coming to uni on your own and not having like after a game I debrief my mum every single time mm, like yeah. she literally sh- she gets everything <laughs> Um, and you don't have that, which I think is such a like a different culture shock. And it's it? yeah, massive. And like you're finding your friends, and I had a, such a hard time trying to balance that as well. Mm-hmm. And like actually doing lectures and cooking for the first time, cleaning, having to look after yourself. I know, honestly. <laughs> and as a little fresh, I literally was just like, "What the hell have <laughs> yeah. I let myself in for?" There's so much more going on yeah. on your plate that what you want you want sport to be an escape, not not an added, added stress. <laughs> honestly, yeah. and I just think like that is what it was last year, and I did luckily do um, cheerleading as well, which I had every Friday night, and that was kind of like my only time in the week where I just went, <sighs> That's so nice. yeah, and like. It's just it was just an environment that was fun friendly and it wasn't stressful. It was just like a little when you go to netball, you have to always be like on it because you're always competing for your place each week. We had 13 people in our team, which didn't help because they could only pick a squad of 12. So you were almost guaranteed to get dropped every week like someone was. And and it was like an some of the other girls had it as well and I think the thing is it's not talked about like the, there was one girl in particular mm-hmm. and I honestly like don't know how she got ahead around it because each week it would be like I don't know whether I'm gonna make it she played insane at training and then it was like oh no sorry you're not playing today and it's like you put in all that effort and that energy and like and then to get dropped last minute it's just yeah. like and throughout the season because Obviously, you go to away days, you don't have a coach. So it's your captain that kind of does that. And, like, um, she was she was really, like, friendly. But, like, she she made the decisions on, like, how she wanted the game to look. And mm. not necessarily that sometimes you're travelling, like, four or five hours just to not even get on the, the court. Yeah. And, like, especially Loughborough, normally we're winning by quite a bit. And it's like you can put anyone on that t- on that pitch. Give them the and, opportunity. Yeah, and I think it did have like an impact because you're like, why am I not good enough to get on? Why mm-hmm. am I not like like sometimes I'd play like three quarters and then another game I'd play one. And I think it's just that constant mental battle of like, am I good enough? Am I not? Mm-hmm. I played a brand new position because netball is all about how tall you are, and like obviously it's technical as well. But being five seven. <laughs> 
<laughs> against six foot three shooters, six foot four shooters as a goal defence. I was just like, there's just no chance yeah. that I'm going to get anywhere. So I moved to centre. And that was also another added bonus because I was like, I've never played this position in my life. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've played it once. Let, let's like come to uni and explain it. And I think when you're in a position where you're doing something new, you're yeah. pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. What's most important is that you have the support of a good team and a good coach behind you. It goes back to being able to try things with confidence that if you make a mistake, you'll be able to learn from it rather than being berated for it or punished in different ways like just not getting to play. Yeah, and I think that was the thing and you just didn't have any freedom. You're always scared you're going to do something wrong. You're always scared you're going to get taken off or... Mm -hmm. And, and like, I just... My my head was just out of it and I, I like, go to training, like, deflated. Not because of, like, netball itself. I was just like, I need just time for me. And, like, I've met some of my best friends from uni in that team... Um, and that was kind of really nice the second half of the season because I had that support system in place and I could speak to people who understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the start, you didn't even want to say anything because you didn't know who was going to get back to what, yeah. what was going to be said. And like everyone's feelings are important in sport, I think, and everyone has a right to share that. And I think sometimes it, if people aren't careful, it gets caught back into the coaches or into other players Mm. and then you're just like okay well I can't actually explain how I'm feeling here and then you're like stuck in a team sport especially because coaches select how much you play coaches select who gets to play even just getting dropped like two hours before a game sometimes like last Mm. minute and no one knowing who's going to play um and I did pre-season for netball this year and uh, like I did enjoy it and you know what it's clean slate like I'm ready to go back in you're constantly player um position competitive in netball because the person you like you're competing against is the person that also plays the same position as you yeah and I think that that causes a lot of tension in the team because Mm. you're always fighting with somebody yeah and like that's why that's like certain cliques start to form because those are the people you're not fighting against. It's so interesting because it's like it's it's weird that people feel the need to like like have like fights or like beef with other people. Other players, yeah. And it's like that's actually not being caused by anything other than the fact that you both just played the same position, position. in that ball. Yeah. And actually you think, Oh, you probably have loads in common. You probably you both love the same sport, you both have the same like skill sets but instead it ends up being beef for no real reason (laughs) yeah a hundred percent i just was like in training and we we were like doing a bit of match play ready for trials and some girl like she ended up breaking my finger like in the training session before like trials um so yeah and then I was just like I couldn't like catch the ball properly like I couldn't play like my head wasn't in it and Mm. Charles just went awful and like I got back into AU and I was just kind of like do I really want to go through this again for another year and it wasn't anything personal I just was like my head isn't in it my heart's not in it and like I want to enjoy playing the sport that I've grown up loving and I think like I've gone back and played back at my home club when I've been at home and I've actually loved it because it's like the netball that I know I can play well 
um, yeah. and got player of the match for not playing for ages as well. So yeah. it's kind of like, <laughs> it's good to go back and play, but also I'm kind of like, there is so much more to life than just a sport. Yeah. And oh, I think when, yeah. when like we live on a floating rock, like, yeah. <laughs> things are not as deep. No, things are as deep as we're in the environment. But as soon as you retract yourself from that environment, actually, you look at the bigger picture and you're like, why am I putting up with that? Yeah. No, well, like, completely. My life doesn't evolve around that toxic side of feeling uncomfortable the whole time, mm-hmm. not knowing where I stand, not knowing what I want to do, stressed out constantly because I don't think I'm doing enough, like trying to yeah. go to the gym, but you're ill, then wearing yourself <laughs> down. And it's just like, it's that cycle that you like you should take yourself out of that because yeah. actually that's so unhealthy i think you've explained that so perfectly it's like a vicious cycle you're constantly beating yourself up you're never relaxing it it, it inevitably is going to end badly and with sport when you're playing it and you love it you want longevity you want to be able to do it for a long time and love it for a long time and if it's not serving you there's no need to put up with it people say it's like like that's just the nature of sport. It's hard, you know. It wears you down. You've got to be tough. I keep headbutting the microphone, <laughs> um, but actually, that is not. Ne- that's to a level. Obviously, it takes mental resilience. It takes strength to play the sport, but it shouldn't. That shouldn't be made harder by the people you have around you and the environment that you're in. That should be made easier to deal with. I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. Thank you. That is like you say people don't talk about that enough so it's really interesting to hear that perspective and i'm sure there's probably a lot of people out there who feel the same yeah and don't necessarily know what to do and i think i've spoken to some of the girls that like have been across the whole pathway like and like in university as well that have experienced the same thing and some of the girls that have pulled back have been like you know what like there's so many people in this situation and like no one brings it up no one talks about it because actually Mm. you might end up worse off because of like what i was saying earlier it gets back to the coaches or it gets back to committee it gets back to whoever and then you're just like actually there's no point saying anything like if i'm in the system i'm in the system yeah and i'm gonna play like to the system because if i try and do anything different you're just gonna get backlash off of that in the long run yeah so obviously we're all girls here so our experiences are from a female perspective but we were going to allude to the fact that this definitely doesn't just happen to one gender this can definitely happen to men as well um it probably presents itself in a different way girls are kind of perceived as being like catty jealous maybe um not that i necessarily agree with those terms but i think that's definitely some things we're labeled as as in sport and it may be the way that we've been brought up um focusing on appearance social media it's definitely a different way we've been brought up so compared to boys so would you say that this would be a similar situation in men's sport possibly yeah, definitely. And I think all those names that like we do get called, there's not everyone like that. Absolutely I mean, not. With the men's side of things, I think it's a lot more of a cultural thing. Like mm-hmm. especially in like rugby, for example, like there's a lot of like locker room culture of like after the game you're gonna do this or like yeah. you're gonna go and shave your head or like <laughs> yeah. you're like there's a lot more like lads being lads as what people would describe it as yeah they're like oh just boys boys being boys boys. and it like (laughs) it's not 
some people don't like that environment. And I know a lot of people that have been like, I'm not joining rugby because I don't want to do any of that stuff. Mm. And like, or I'm not doing, I don't want to do this, but I like enjoy the sport, but I just don't know how to do it in an environment. And I think university is an environment that it, like that culture fests itself. And for the boys that enjoy it, like from watching it, it's, it is a really good kind of team bonding. I get what you're saying. Some people love it. Um, Like, my boyfriend's a hockey boy. He loves the like all the stuff that happens outside of hockey. The shaving of heads and the <laughs> running around half naked and all that. But there's lots of freshers who they have to like coax into doing it. And I don't think you actually have to coax people into doing stuff they don't want to do. You should just let them not do it. Yeah, and I think initiation's a big thing of that. Like we, um, when we had netball initiation, some of the girls were just like, "I'm not doing it." And, like, I I enjoyed it. Like, I was literally, like, so down for it. I was like, this isn't hard enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> Give <whoa>. me more. <laughs> Come on, like, bring it on, like, kind of thing. But And I think that that, that option isn't open enough. Yeah. Like, there should be that kind of... And it shouldn't be, like, exclusion if you're not part of it. Because, yes, it's about that team environment. And, yes, it's about creating those like moments that you look back on you be like what on earth did we do yeah. that for like bonding well, yeah <laughs> silly bonding like but i think because men like even men's mental health men's sport like it's not spoken about enough at all and i think from a like pers- boy's perspective it's like i can't actually speak to my teammates about because i'll just get called soft or wet or like get a grip oh my gosh and like that you there are people in those teams that you can speak to like there is because like i've seen it firsthand that there are people out there that you can talk to about it um and i think that's in every sport like there are there is someone out there to speak to about it you just have to be confident that your opinion like your thoughts are valid yeah i i 100 percent agree like my brother goes to Exeter Uni. He's just started there. He tried out for the hockey club, did really well, got into a team, went to the first two socials. And bearing in mind, he's a little fresher. Like you were saying, you're as a fresher, you're, you're learning new things. You're meeting yeah. new people. You're overwhelmed. He just hated the pressure there was to drink and do stupid things. He wanted to be part of the team, but he didn't want to do... He didn't yeah. necessarily get blackout drunk and there was no, seemingly, he felt like there was no option for him other than to just not go to the socials. But there are, like you say, there are always people, there's coaches. At uni, you'll have a welfare representative yeah, in, all in your club. You'll have, like, older older members. And I, I know for guys, like you say, there's that masculinity thing. Yeah, You want to come across really big, macho, like nothing scares you. But actually, it's brave. It's brave to speak up because I guarantee you there'll be more people feeling like that out there. And I think it's that first person. Like, I'm never afraid to speak my opinion. Like, that's why Mm. I brought this kind of topic to you. Because I was like, there's so much out there that people don't speak about because actually they're just like, I don't want to be the first one to say anything because people take it too far and it's never brought back down grounded Mm -hmm. because... and then. And then it continues to be accepted because of the pure fact that no one's brought it up in the first place. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it always ends up 
being to my detriment when I have previously, but it shouldn't be like that. And I think that that comes from like people being educated in that. Like mm. we control the environment we play in within sport as a yes. collective. And yeah. it's not it's not about one individual stepping out and being like, this is not acceptable. Like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And we do create the environment that we like are in. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, this university has been around for years and years and years. And these like initiations and these like chants and these like forms of the way things work have been made over years and years and years and yeah. years. And it doesn't take one person to break that whole chain of things like it's been fostered as a culture Mm. and it's like do we like this do we want to accept that and I think sometimes people are like no yeah it's so fun but actually like when you look at it it's like what what is what is the toxic side of that like how can you how can we still have that fun but take out that extra bit of like what you you don't want to do that but okay let's do this instead or like if you don't want to do that that's fine just take a step step back Mm -hmm. watch these do it because these idiots want to do it (laughs) so it's like come to the socials be there be part of the team but i i really love what you said it's about finding finding the toxic parts and removing that side so it can remove the discomfort and people can feel safe and happy and yeah. want to get involved and we're not saying that like all of this stupid stuff just needs to get removed yeah, completely because no, no, no. like that is the whole part of like sport culture like you like we play hard but we also party hard is that was all <laughs> i'm gonna say and like i i'm definitely one for going out and having a great time but i will also think that there's also that opportunity to take that cult, like that toxic part of it away like that uncomfortable feeling because mm. there are people out there that don't enjoy that but that's yeah. ple- completely fair, like completely fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean, we are touching on it now um, to kind of round off. How do we think that, you know, if you're in a situation like you were, but with the netball in a toxic sporting environment, what advice can we give to people to get out of it and to make sure that they they don't let it happen to, so we can break that cycle, the cycle of toxic culture? What sort of things would you recommend people to do? I'd honestly say the first thing is like prioritize you. I think that mm-hmm. that is such a big thing. Like I'm such a preach person, but don't actually do it. I don't know what's the word. <laughs> like, how do you even say that? Like, what's there's a saying for? Do as I say, not as yeah, I do. Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. That is literally me. And like, I don't. I'd never. Last year, I didn't make any time for myself to just take a break. And it was constantly, and I still, I'm still the same this year, but <laughs> I've kind of been a bit more selective of the things that I do choose to do. And actually, like, the things that I am doing have, are better for my mental health. And, like, I feel happy pretty much all the time now. That's so great It's great, Yay. yeah. So much less stress. Um, but, no, I would say, like, take that break first and, like, just try and have a bit of time to like recover go to sleep like that is honestly such a good thing like I'd have naps literally all the time and um and if it just keeps going and going and going it like you have to ask yourself a question of like is it worth it especially at university like there are so many teams that are around your local university that don't include like university culture mm-hmm. which you have that option to go and join those teams instead yeah and like it if you want to be a part of those uni teams and it it's a, a it's causing you stress and it's causing you an issue then like we said there's welfare reps to talk to and like but i think 
let's start speaking to our coaches about it because they're the ones that do make the difference and obviously it's difficult because they are students as well and you go and speak to committee you know it's going to get back to the coaches you don't know how they're going to react but I think it's better for you and your mental health that you actually like you make a conscious effort to try and get a solution from it but if not, like likewise, like you literally, like if it's one season, like last year, I was kind of like, right, I've got three games left. I'm just kind of not going to bring it up because actually that creates no, um, what's the word? I, don't know what I'm <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. Like it's about creating, uh, you assessing your situation and figuring out what's best for you to do at that time. So if you feel like talking to a coach or talking to a welfare rep is the right person, have that confidence, be brave, know that you're probably not alone in how you're feeling and you're probably going to do a world of good by bringing that up. And one thing is that like everyone in the team will react differently to the way that they're being treated. Like, And it's okay to feel the way that you feel about a certain situation. And I think... Like, last year, I didn't accept that the way I was feeling was okay. I was like, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Like, I'm literally living out what I wanted. Like, I wanted to play in this team. Like, I wanted to play a netball at uni. Like, I wanted this for myself. So, actually being, feeling the way I am, being stressed out, isn't okay. And it is okay because, actually, you never accounted for a lot of things. Like, living on your own for the first time, not having that person that you can say everything to and it not go anywhere, mm-hmm. not having to cook for yourself, not having to manage your workload, not having to sort out new friends that you've never met before, <laughs> yeah. not having to c- consciously think, oh, what's next? What am I doing now? Yeah. Am I actually making my whole time at uni worthwhile? Like there's so many other factors that you don't take into consideration. Yeah. And I just think it's about being like aware of your own emotions and that if you feel uncomfortable in a situation, like, you shouldn't like you like <laughs> yeah there's a bit of pressure like yeah everyone's gonna get some sort of like oh okay right today I'm feeling a bit like uneasy like yeah fluctuations yeah you're gonna get that but I think if it's a consistent like I said at the start with that toxic like little pinpoints of all the time mm. that shouldn't be like yeah consistently happening um and making you feel uncomfortable yes so like when you feel like that it's valid it's okay that you do yeah don't beat yourself up for feeling like it but also be aware that there's something you can do to change that you don't have to put up with it that is not just the price you pay to be an athlete definitely and I think I was quite lucky with the fact that my parents were very supportive but I can see the side of people that actually they're not very supportive they're like have a go if things are going well they've put so much pressure on you to do successful in university to do well at sport Mm. and I can see that actually like sometimes that there isn't escape from that because you're like actually who do I speak to because (laughs) I'm like I'm lucky enough that if I have an issue I literally just vent to my parents but I get that there's so many people out there that can't actually do that because Mm. like so many people are looking to do sport after university to get signed on professional contracts and parents are really like excited about that opportunity Mm. but you there are other people out there to speak to about that and 
just because your parent like your parents shouldn't live through you like yeah. your your life is completely separate to theirs and i think that when like i said like you start picking your like yourself what you want you'll you'll start to feel so much happier already and actually sometimes that toxicity goes away mm. as soon as you pick the root of like i don't care what anyone else is going to say anymore it's my life and I get to choose that and I think that that coming of age like being 18 19 20 moving into university like you get that feeling all the way through yeah. it's like I'm growing each year I'm here like I'm changing like things are being better and actually do I want that for my life like and sport is one of those hard things that you actually are kind of like I've spent so much time, effort, hard work. My parents have put loads in. They've sacrificed so much for me. And yes, they have. And like, I 100% like appreciate everything that they do. And you probably do the same. But there comes a point where you're like, actually, I want to live things the way I want to do it. And I, I'm sorry about that. Or like, and you know, you shouldn't actually apologize <laughs> for it. You should be like, that is the way I'm going to live my life. I mean, I think that, like your parents and anyone who's supported you through your sport journey will never regret what they've done because I think being a sports no, person absolutely brings not. you so much more than just you know being good at sport it brings you skills that you'll take through with to, with you for the rest of your life regardless of whether you actually continue doing that sport yeah so I think you're right um that is a beautiful beautiful message to end on like you've honestly been so insightful thank you so much and i really hope that the list i hope that anyone listening has taken away lots from emma speaking that's been great thank you so much we are gonna round off as per usual in going off track style with some would you rathers Would you like to take us away? Oh, with some sure. <laughs> we'll ask you a question. You tell us what one you'd rather do. Okay. I, I kind of just looked up cheerleading sport. Would you rather? <laughs> they're kind of bland, but we'll see. We we can ask a few because they're kind of straight answers. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather be the star of a bad team or an average player of an elite team? Oh, <laughs> um, the star of a bad team. Yeah. yeah, I do like the spotlight. I can't yeah, lie. come on in your sparkling leotard. Yeah, fully. Um, you want to be at the top of if, the pyramid? Yeah, if I get stand out, then I get stand out. <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather retire as a forgotten player with a winning record, or a famous player known to lose championships? <laughs> <gasps> oh my god, that's so hard. <laughs> Oh, no, that's actually Who so was it? difficult. There was someone on the Super Bowl yesterday. No, on the rugby, and Kieran was like, "That was the, the best, the best qu- quarterback or whatever to never win a game." And I was like, "That's kind that's of embarrassing so to be remembered." I, as I reckon that. if I was known to have been. Wait, wait. Can you repeat the question? Sorry, I repeat. <laughs> yeah. So, would you rather be? Would you rather retire as a forgotten player with a winning record? Or a famous player known to lose championships? I'd say if it was a famous player that was a good player, that was that's why I was famous and yeah, I lost yeah. championships, that one. Because I agree. It kind of depends. It, yeah. But if I was not famous for good reasons, then obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather be the person that has got loads of championships because <laughs> yeah. they're good life stories to tell. Like, 
Yeah. yeah. You'll be like, you never guess what. And you have your your, your accolade, oh. accolades all everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 no. Okay, yeah, that one depends. Love that. I have one, which I've just come up with. I think I've asked this to you on the podcast before, actually, but I'll ask Emma. Um, would you rather be good at every sport that's played with a ball or every sport that you play in water? With a ball, 100%. <laughs> I, any time I'm on holiday, if someone's got a ball, whether that be like tennis ball, volleyball, netball, football. You want to be playing. Yeah, I just want a ball. <laughs> Give me a ball and I'll be yeah. happy. I could spend an hour, three, a whole day with a ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you have siblings on holiday. Oh, like, yeah. They are essential for a no, good time on holiday. <laughs> my brother's literally like, like, William, come on. To be fair, yeah. I did think it would be my fate when I'd be dunked underwater for over 10 seconds by my brother. <laughs> did you guys have that or not? <laughs> yeah, no. My brother's younger than me, but he's like so much stronger than me. No. He used to play taekwondo, so yeah, my brother's not. He's getting there. He's yeah. now taller than me now, so oh, no. I mean, he's only two years younger than me. But yeah, I reckon when he's fully grown and he actually starts going to the gym. Then... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. he does go to the gym at the moment, but Keep he's him out like, the gym at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's getting there. He's getting to there. Protect your peace. Yeah, no, Oscar, just my brother. It's just better at every sport than me. Like playing, we play. I don't know what it's actually called. We call it whiff waff. Don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you get two um, like wooden paddles. Okay. And it's on the beach. Like they yeah. Set it on no, the I beach know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Um, and he's just so good at it. And I'm like, how can you be good at? Like a fake sport that you buy. In yeah, no, shop. I get you. I feel like my brother thinks that about me. Not to big myself. <laughs> no, I just yeah. Girl he's so cute ball. though. <laughs> Do you have any others? I don't have any more. Well, I just want to say a massive thank you, Emma, because I'm sure a lot of listeners will be really inspired and it will resonate with a lot of people because it's just not talked about enough. So mm-hmm. I'm sure to get this out there will really help people. Yeah, so. and I hope this is just like the start of a conversation. Like for sure, I don't yes. want I want people to listen to it and be like actually that's so true like mm-hmm. i i haven't i have control over this and other like i can make an impact here yeah absolutely take the kind of ethos and the things we've talked about to your sport yeah make and it your own yeah yeah like uh, like you say we just want this to give people the confidence to start thinking and speaking out about how they can make their sport better and how they can make their teams and their experiences the best they can possibly be yeah and mm-hmm. that's Hopefully we've done that. I think we've done Absolutely. Hit the nail on the head. <laughs> right, guys. We will see you next week for another exciting episode. We love you loads and we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 So you don't miss a thing. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Going Off Track Podcast. Remember to leave us a rate and subscribe and follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.